Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you tuning in today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or on the Bethesda Church app. Now, let's get ready for today's message. today. Amen. It's so good to see you. I hope you're doing well. It's truly an honor to host you. I will take uh, just one more uh, minute here to say make sure that you go online, get registered for a small group today. Some of those groups have caps on them, and if you procrastinate, you may miss the group that you want to join. So I want to make sure that I tell you, get on there, get registered. Uh, It's going to be an incredible semester of small groups. How many know we need community right now more than at any time in history? Oh, you can do better than that. We need community right now more than at any other time in history. So, so go online, get registered today. Don't hesitate. Um, last week, we kicked off a brand new series entitled Mind Games. Um, we usually, when we think about the phrase mind games, we usually connect it uh, to, to how someone may undermine us um, or how someone may take advantage of us. But we chose the title not to talk about how someone may be playing mind games with us, but how many know a lot of times we have mind games playing in our own head. We have mind games taking place in our own head. And um, if you missed last week, I want you to go back, watch it, listen to it, because I laid some foundation in the first message that will help you understand and comprehend what God is saying to us for the rest of the series um, if, if you miss, go watch that. I believe it's going to be a life-changing series. And I don't say that all the time, but I believe this is a very important series that we are offering to you here at Bethesda Church because if we can get our mind right, we can literally position ourselves on, on the path that God has designed for us. A lot of people are not walking out what God has intended for them because they haven't gotten their mind right. We, we learned last week that we live on the level of our thinking. And we could stop right there and recognize that many of us, just with that, living on the level of our thinking, if we just take that in, many of us can, can recognize today why we are living a life beneath what God has for us. Um, I cannot expand my world until I first expand my thinking. If I'm going to experience breakthrough in my life, I have to first experience breakthrough in my mind. The mind is where the battle takes place. We know that the flesh and the spirit are at war. They are fighting against one another. But ultimately, the mind makes the decision. And that's why it's so important that we get the mind right. We get the mind right. Um, We learned last week that because of Adam's sin, we come into the world because he took from the tree. Adam, in that moment, uh, we could say that he lost his mind. And because of that, because of one man's sin, sin entered into the world, and we come into the world with a broken mind, with a messed up mind. I ended last week by telling you, Positionally, we are perfect. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, positionally, you are perfect. But how many know our condition can be different than our position? 
Positionally, we are perfect, but many times we are still struggling with conditions in our life. But I cannot change my condition until I first change my mind. Today, I want to call this message, What's in Your Head? I want you to ask your neighbor that real quick. Ask him, what's in your head? That could be a loaded question, by the way. What's in your head? Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way for you and I to prove the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God is by renewing our minds through the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God, hear me, the Word of God is the only thing that will renew your mind. It is the only thing that will renew your mind. Um, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, God says, will never pass away. If I'm going to be changed in my thinking and in my life, how many know I need to get the word of God? Anybody thankful for the word of God that can change your life, that can renew your mind? Don't ever underestimate the power of living by the word of God. Don't allow people to make you feel that you are uh, somehow stuck in, in the stone age because you live by the word of God. The word of God is the only way my mind can be renewed and the only way that I can experience victory while on the earth. So Paul said, if you're going to prove that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God, your mind has to be renewed. Now, I want to start with this, and, and you guys, I think, for the most part, know this, but here, here's the deal. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are, you have, and you live. You are, you have, and you live. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. If we were to start with the spiritual. That is, that is uh, precedent. That, that's the most important. You are a spiritual being before you are a physical being. And what we know about um, us spiritually is that spirits do not die. Spirits live forever. That's why the Bible says that God is the father of spirits. All right? How many know that, that if you are born again, your spirit returns back to your father, which is God? Um, to, to really drive that point home, Satan, or Jesus told um, the Pharisees, he told them, he said, your father is the devil. Your spirit returns to wherever your father is. If you're born again, your spirit's going to return back to the, our heavenly father. But how many know if you're, if you're not born again, you're going to end up in another place with another father. And so Jesus made that very clear, that, that we are a spiritual being. But we also have a soul, all right? The soul is your mind. It is your will. It is your emotions, your intellect. It is the experiences that you've had in your life. When you come to Jesus, your spirit is born again, but your mind is not born again. Can I get a witness right there that your mind did not get born again? right? It's not the mind that got saved. It was your spirit that got saved. That's why Paul said you got to renew the mind to catch up to what God is doing 
in your spirit. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. This, this verse right here will blow your mind. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, I got to stop and ask, how is that possible? Because I know me, and I don't know all things. Come on, somebody. I, I don't know all things, but, but John says, I have an anointing from God, and I know all things. What is, what is John trying to communicate to us? He's trying to tell us that we know all things through the anointing. We know all things through the Christ in us, which is the hope of glory. We know all things because the Holy Spirit has taken up residence on the inside of us, and the Holy Spirit has already toured your entire life, your past, your present, and your future, and he knows everything about you. He knows everything God has promised you. He knows the victories that lie ahead. He knows the destiny and the promises of God. The Holy Spirit has already toured your life knows everything about you, and now lives in you. And John says, you have an anointing through the Holy Spirit, and you know all things. Now, this, this is so important to understand that spiritually speaking, we know all things. It's why Jesus called the Holy Spirit a guide. He will guide you into all truth. You, you, listen, in, in order to take someone on a tour, how many know you, first of all, have to have been there yourself? It would be crazy for me to say, hey, I'm taking everybody to China on a tour. Y'all would laugh just like you just did. Why? Because I've never been there. I don't know anything about it. I am not your tour guide, all right? If it comes to that, that nation, I, I cannot lead you there. But, but we understand that the Holy Spirit has toured our life. He's already been there, and he knows all things, and he lives in you. So by the Spirit... We know all things, but the problem is, is that we don't make decisions by the Spirit. Our mind has to make the decision. And, and this is where it gets tough. This is why you can have people that come to church and speak in tongues all day long and still go out and make terrible decisions. Why? Their mind has not been renewed. And, and so I grew up in churches where we, we would dance and we would huck and buck and prophesy, but we would still go out and make bad decisions. And, and it's all because our mind had not been renewed. See, what God has done in your spirit, what God wants to happen is for your mind to catch up with what God is doing in your spirit. And that's why I'm talking about the importance of the mind. Listen, there, are, there is no lack in the spirit. There is no shortage in the spirit. There, there, there is no defeat in the spirit. But, but the problem is, is we got to get our mind thinking on the level of our anointing. That was worth coming to church for. You got to get your mind to think on the level of, 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 your, your Holy, of the Holy Spirit that is in you. Uh, Romans chapter 7 verse 25 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then... With the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So, so Paul writes and says that we serve God with our mind. My flesh and my spirit are at war, but ultimately my mind will make the decision. The Holy Spirit knows everything God has for you. 
He knows everything God has promised you. But we come into the world contaminated with a broken mind because of one man's sin, we all enter into the world in sin. Your spirit already knows who you're supposed to be. Your spirit already knows how how God has anointed you and called you and chosen you. But the problem is, is we got to elevate our thinking to think on the level of what God is doing in our spirit. Anybody ready to think on the level that the Holy Spirit is moving on in your life? To think on the level that God is speaking to, to you and I. We have to renew our mind for that to happen. This is why... When you go out and do something contrary to the, the will of God, um, the, the Bible says that you can grieve the Spirit, right? If we go out and do something wrong, uh, even if your body, all right, is enjoying it, how many know you, you may enjoy it in your body, but you be miserable spiritually, Right? The Bible says there's pleasure in sin. There's things you can go out and enjoy physically, but be up all night long because you have grieved the Spirit. You have quenched the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and so that, that's why we got to get our mind to think on the level of the Holy Spirit, to think on the level of God. Ask your neighbor again. Ask them, what's in your head? Come on. That's the wrong neighbor. Come on. Find somebody else. Ask them, what's in your head? Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, Jesus sums up these two great commandments that everything else hangs on by telling us that if we get these two things right, we won't have to worry about anything else. That if we'll love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself, that it will help us in our walk with God. It'll help us understand prophetic things, spiritual things, to walk out our relationship with God, that everything hangs on these two commands. But I want you to get this. His answer was to the lawyer, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and he said, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. The word soul here is the Greek word suke, which means mind. In essence, Jesus is really saying in this passage that we should love the Lord our God with all of our mind and all of our mind. And we have to stop and ask, why would Jesus emphasize, why would he say soul and mind with soul meaning mind? Why would he say the same thing twice? Love the Lord your God with all your mind and with all your mind. And I believe that the answer is really, really simple here. The answer is that the enemy is after your mind. That is the, we, we, we get all messed up in church world thinking that the devil is after all this other stuff, but ultimately the devil wants access to your mind. 
The fight is in the mind. A lot of people in church, though, they want to, they, they need someone to blame. They need a scapegoat to blame for everything that is wrong in their life. Some people don't even like my preaching because I am consistently removing the devil out of the equation because about 90% of what we are dealing with in our life, it didn't come because the devil brought it. It came because we created it. Now, a lot of people don't like that kind of preaching because we would much rather say the devil's fighting me and the devil's messing me up. The devil isn't doing all that. He's simply looking for an access point to your mind. The devil is trying to take my car, pastor. No, you got 400,000 miles on that car and you haven't changed the oil in the last 100,000. Transmissions tend to fall out. That's not the devil. Well, well, pastor, the devil's after my money. Listen, there's no Valley View Mall in the spirit. He doesn't need your money. The devil's after my husband, pastor. I know he is. The devil's not getting married. All of these things are access points to your mind. Ultimately, he don't want money. He don't want your husband. He don't want your car. The devil wants access to your mind. And that's why Paul said our mind has to be renewed and transformed by what? By the word of God. By the word of God. But we want to blame the devil for all this stuff going on and, and ultimately, he simply wants an access point to depress your mind, to frustrate your mind, to get your mind stuck, to get your mind resentful, to, to limit your thinking. And, and some of us, I want you to hear me today, some of you in this room right now, you are going through way more in your mind than you are in your life. Your life isn't that bad, but your thinking's in the gutter. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> you look good, you dress good, you got your new duds on, you got all that going for you, but your, your mind is tired, on fire, and tormented. Some of you can sleep eight hours and you still wake up tired. Why? Because your mind is in a fight. Your mind is under fire. It's really not that everything's that bad in your life, but you have given the devil permission to roam in your thinking. The enemy is dominating your thought life. He doesn't want all the stuff. He wants your mind. And what we have to understand is what happens in, in your mind happens in time. The reason Jesus looked at the lawyer and he said, love God with all your mind and with all your mind is because your mind has two basic functions. We hit it real quick last week. Your mind can remember and your mind can imagine. And your mind, and some of you don't give your mind enough credit, your mind is better than a computer chip at memory. Your mind remembers stuff. It remembers a lot of stuff. And some of you are like, well, I don't, I don't remember that much, Pastor. I'm getting old. I promise you, if it was a negative experience, you remember it. If it was something painful, you remember it. If it was something traumatic, you remember it. 
If we go through seasons of frustration and betrayal and offense, how many know we don't need anybody to remind us because when we go through those things, that our mind works like a computer chip and it files that stuff away in a file cabinet in our thinking and we can access it anytime we choose to. The problem is some of you are not accessing it, you're living in it. You're living in your memory. You're living in a past experience. It's why we often make people pay for stuff in the future that had nothing to do with them, but we carry the trauma from our past into every relationship and we access it at any time. And as I said, some of us are not accessing that. We're living in it. And it's ruining like relationships that God has designed to bless you. All because you cannot forget those things that are behind and start pressing and moving toward that high calling in Christ. Jesus said, love God with all your mind and all your mind because our mind can remember, but our mind can also imagine. And this is so important because we think that imagination comes from like um, motivational speakers. But imagination did not start with a motivational speaker. Imagination started with God. God is the one that, that uh, tells us to visualize the future that we want. Because if I can't see it here, I'll never experience it out here. That I first have to paint a picture of the future that I desire in my mind before I can ever step into that future. And I got a question for you. What picture are you painting in your head? What picture are you painting? Job said the thing that he feared came upon him. I pondered this last night. The thing he feared came upon him. Why? Because that's the picture he had painted. That was, that was the picture he had drawn in, in his imagination. And some of us, we are constantly painting a negative picture and then we're frustrated that we don't have a positive experience. You know why it's so quiet in here? Because we recognize many areas that our thinking is way off. That our thinking is here when God wants it to be here. That, that our mind is an access point, not only for the enemy, but how many know your mind is an access point for what God wants to do? You gotta give your mind to God. And so God wants you to use your imagination to paint a positive picture. He wants you to have a faith image before we ever got in this building, we had a picture of it in our mind. Come on, somebody. Like before you can step into the promises of God, before I'll take it a step further. Before you are healed in your physical body, you need to get a picture of yourself healed in your mind. Before you are, have breakthrough financially, you got to have a picture of yourself having breakthrough financially. If your marriage is going to be an amazing and awesome place, like where you enjoy one another, how many of you got to get a picture of that in your mind before you're going to experience that in your life? I think we should stop right here and take a praise break. Come on, somebody, somebody praise the Lord because we got to change our thinking. Listen, when it comes to thinking, this is not in my notes. you got to get away from some people. Because you, you, you can have this faith image and get around the wrong folk. And by the time you're done with one conversation, you don't have a faith image, you have a death image. Your dream dies, 
your vision dies, all because you get connected with someone that has not renewed their thinking. See, when, when I give you a word from God, what you are supposed to do with that word is to start painting a picture in your mind of that becoming a reality in your life. That's, what, that's why the Bible says that we live by faith and not by sight. In other words, we live by the picture that we hear, all right, not the picture that we are seeing. We, we live by the picture that we can paint through the word of God in our mind, not by the, the natural circumstances that we're facing on a day-to-day basis. And, and the reason this is important is because what you see in the natural will lie to you, but the word of God will never lie to you. See, what I see in here and what I see in here will never lie to me if it came from God, but many times the mountain in front of me is what's lying to me. And so I, I can't live by what I see. i got to live by what I hear and by what I believe. So what happens in your mind happens in time. I cannot, please hear me, I cannot control every thought that passes through my mind. Listen, you're not that holy. Some of y'all had a bad thought this morning. On your way to, on your way to worship, you had a thought that was not good. And how many know, at that moment, you, you got to make a decision with your mind. Do I cast this down or do I meditate on it? Do I cast it down or do I meditate on it? Every thought. I cannot control every thought, but however, I am completely in charge of the thoughts that stay. Completely. Every thought that shoots through my mind, I have to make a choice because the Bible teaches me that the thoughts I meditate on are the ones that play out, positive or negative. The ones that I meditate on are the ones that become a reality. The thought that you can sustain is the one that will play out. And and for an example, I can take you back to the book of Genesis when the people started building this tower, the Tower of Babel. Many of you remember this. And they were were building this tower, and they said, we're going to build it up into the heavens. And and the Bible says that God, God said, I have to go down there, and I'm going to have to confuse their languages because what they have imagined in their heart, it's going to happen. God said, even though what they were doing was evil, he said, anything's possible because they have pondered it, they have meditated on it, and those thoughts that that have been sustained are going to play out. In other words, even if it's bad and I'm thinking on it, that bad thought will eventually play out in my life if, if I sustain the bad thoughts. We can look at the flood in the Old Testament. When we look at the flood of the Old Testament, why did God send the flood? He sent the flood because he said this, the mind of men continually pondered evil. That it wasn't a thought that just came and went, but it was consistent. It was a sustained thought over time that was playing out in evil and it was so powerful that it had spread throughout the entire world and God said, I'm going to have to send the flood and start over because they are consistently pondering evil. And so God sent the flood. Any thought that you can sustain will eventually play out. 
your mind and your imagination were given to you to be the factory for your future. God wants to use it to prepare you for your future. You are not supposed to be stuck in your past. You are not supposed to be, it's limited. I'll say it this way. It's ridiculous to meditate on negative experiences. And the reason it's ridiculous to meditate on negative experiences is because all the negative experiences that you and I have have went through, all the pain, all the trauma, all, all, all the stuff that we don't like going through, all of that stuff, every experience could fit in, in, inside something the size of a bedroom closet. You could throw every negative experience inside a bedroom closet. That's your memory. But your imagination is the whole universe. Some of you are living inside a closet when God is wanting you to imagine a universe. You're living in a closet and you're stuck in small living and small thinking and small anointing. And God's saying, I need you to come out of that little closet you've been in in your memory. And I want, to, I want you to give your mind permission to imagine a future that's much better than the past that you've walked through. Anybody believing that your future, come on somebody, that your days ahead are better than anything you've fought in, in the past. But we got to get our mind on the level of the anointing. What's in your head? What keeps you up at night? Is it dreaming about a future or is it replaying negative experiences? Are you excited about a new future or are you only rehashing the old hurts? God is inviting you today. Some of you, the reason you're stuck in small living and small thinking is because you've never given your mind permission to imagine something different. You gotta give your mind permission to dream. You gotta give your mind permission to think on the level of God. And listen, when you start thinking on the level of God, it will separate you from some people that just can't get with it. They gonna think you're crazy. They're going to think you're weird. Is this, is this landing all right or y'all hurting? Because I, I, feel, I feel like I had a word today. I, I want our thinking to come up to the next level. That's why Paul said in Philippians 3, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you have to take the negative, and this is going to be hard. Some of you are going to have to do this by faith today. You have to take the negative experiences in your life, and you're going to have to hit the delete button. That by the blood of Jesus, delete. I forgive you. Delete. I'm getting all that out of my mind. Delete. Come on, son. There are some things you're going to have to delete if you're going to be able to imagine a new future. The question then becomes, Paul, how do I move towards something that I can't see? He's telling you not to see with the natural eyes. He's telling you you've got to see with spiritual eyes. 
Listen, there's been very few times that the natural lined up with the spiritual in my life when God was wanting to bring a breakthrough. Every single time the natural looks like this ain't happening. The odds are stacked against me. How many of God likes to show off? God co-labors with us. He don't mind to share the laboring portion with us. But how many know he don't share glory with anybody? And so he sets us up many times where it is stacked against you. And it does look like in the natural, this could never work. That's why you got to look beyond the natural and start seeing what you have heard. you got to start imagining with a renewed mind based on the Word of God. Because if you can whip it in your head, you can whip it in your life. It, 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 it doesn't matter what your depression, if you can whip it here, you can whip it in your life. Anxiety, if you can whip it here, you can whip it in your life. Everything that I'm going to experience in life, I must first have the victory in my mind. Your imagination is the key ingredient for change. See, we, we, we want to just tinker with things and like move pieces around and think things are going to change when God is saying, I want you to imagine something new. I want you to imagine something bigger. I have to imagine all that heaven has for me. Some of us are, are locked in, in, in that closet type living because of trauma and pain and negative experiences. And I just, I just speak over you. Trauma be broken in the name of Jesus. Pain be healed in the name of Jesus. Your future being unlocked in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. If you're in agreement with that, go ahead and take a praise break right there. Come on. Pain, trauma, depression, all the things that's keeping you locked in, in that small, tight place, be healed in the name of Jesus. Some of you not only need to be healed in the name of Jesus, but it's time that you forgive yourself for what happened. You got, you got it. How many know? Sometimes we receive his forgiveness, but we never forgive ourselves. I'm saying you have permission today to forgive yourself for whatever didn't work out so that you can begin to move out of your past into your future. Come on, somebody. We, we gotta, we gotta say amen to that. We gotta clap for that. We gotta believe for that it, here in this region people are limited by their thinking they're stuck in cycles of pain imagination here here's what albert einstein said one of the greatest natural minds the world has ever known he said imagination is greater than knowledge imagination is greater than knowledge and and i had to ask you know that that's a powerful statement coming from a genius but I believe that imagination is greater than knowledge because imagination determines what you will pursue. Listen, don't, don't tune me out yet. I got about 10 minutes and I'll let you go. Imagination determines what you will pursue. Imagination not only determines what you will pursue, imagination determines who you will pursue. When I start dreaming of a bigger future and believing God for something greater than my past, what, one of the things I'll do, not only will I pursue God, but watch this, I'm going to pursue people that are already living on that level. Now, now, this is where a lot of you are intimidated 
Because you would never call someone and say, can I have 30 minutes of your time and I'll buy your lunch just so you can learn how they do what they do. But how many know sometimes that could be the greatest appointment of your life? Finding someone that's living on the level that you desire and saying, can I have 30 minutes of your time? I'll buy you lunch. I'll do whatever. And it's not that they can give you what they've earned and just give it to you. I don't want what they've earned. I want to know what they know. And, and why? So I can begin to adapt that to my life. You know what keeps us from walking in the promises of God sometimes? Pride. We look at people living on the level that we desire, and we look at them, and we, and who do they think they are? When you should be pulling up a chair to a table, asking them, come on, somebody. See how low the claps are getting? It's because our pride gets in the way. But you got to be like the woman with the issue of blood. Y'all remember her? The woman with the issue of blood in the Bible, she was hemorrhaging from her female parts. And the Bible tells us that her body could not hold its blood. Um, she had no problem making the blood, but she could not hold the blood. This is not part of this sermon, but we'll just throw it in there anyway. I think a lot of people have the issue of money. There's a lot of people that can make it, but not a lot of people that can hold it. Yeah, that's good. She spent all that she had trying to deal with this problem, and she had been given up by all indication by the doctors that she was going to lose her life because of this condition. And the thing that was going to take, this thing was going to take her out, but the Bible says she heard that Jesus was coming. Now, normally, we, we celebrate over the miracle, but I, I, I want us to move past just celebrating over the miracle she got, and I want us to see the process of the miracle. We know that Jesus ultimately healed her, but it started with one little phrase in the Bible, she heard that Jesus was coming. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And she said, the scripture says, she said within herself. In other words, she didn't call anybody. She didn't ask anybody to help her, but she said in herself. In other words, she was saying, Spirit, you're going to listen to me today. Mind, you're going to listen to me today. Why? Because Jesus is coming. I've got this issue, but I'm going to take the little bit of energy I got, and I'm going to press through the crowd until I can get to Jesus. And the process that I want you to see is the reason she was able to fight and crawl through the crowd with very little energy is because she had already painted a picture of herself being healed in her mind. She had already painted a, self, a picture of herself being made whole in her mind. Before she ever got to Jesus, she already had a picture of herself being healed and whole and delivered. Anybody ready to paint a picture of a new future? Come on, somebody. Go ahead and praise God right there. You got to get a picture of it. You got to see it. Worship team, y'all come out. Y'all stand. Y'all stand. Now watch this. Can y'all stand for five minutes? I ain't going to let you get back down. I love this because the Bible says there were people all around Jesus all around him, and crowds of people. Even the disciples were confused when Jesus said, who touched me? 
He's like, dude, everybody's touching you. Like, you're pretty popular. <laughs> thousands of people around. And, and the point I want you to see, man, I hope, I hope somebody grabs this today because this is, this is your mind. This is about your mind. It's so important because there are a lot of people who come to church, but there are some people who come to church with a picture. There are a lot of people that get up and come, but there are some people that get up with an expectation. See, what, what, what the reason this woman was healed is there was a ton of people touching Jesus, but there was only one that had painted a picture. There was only one that saw herself being changed by this moment. I wonder if there are any people in this house today that didn't just come to church, but you came to church with a picture. You came to church with an expectation. You came to church believing. Come on, church, we got to get out of the rut of checking off Sunday in a box. Listen, if you've been going, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you've been going to Walmart and restaurants and school, your, your butt needs to be in the house of God at this point. I'm just going to call it like I see it. And it not only needs to be here, it needs to be here with an expectation that we put a demand on heaven that his kingdom come and his will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. Yeah, you can get some of it at home, but how many know it does not replace what we're able to experience when we gather together corporately that Jesus is in the midst. If you believe that, give him the best praise you have all day long. Man, I... I I'll give you one more because I want you to see the power of this. David was 12 years old when he went and fought the giant. Now I want you to think, I have a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. And I begin to think, can you even imagine one of them taking on a 10-foot-tall giant champion? It's like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And this giant had taunted the entire nation of people. None of them had painted a picture of victory. But one teenage boy delivering cheese showed up and immediately his imagination. Watch how, remember your, your mind, memory and imagination. First thing David said, he went to memory. He said, I can do this because I defeated the bear. See, if you're going to access memory, make sure it's the right memories. The times when God came through for you. The times when God showed up and showed out for you. He said, and, and I remember the lion came. And I took out the lion. And so he accessed memory, but it was memories of victory. But then he shifted from memory. And this is where some people got to get. I'm going to shift in this season from memory. And I'm going to shift to imagination. Because it's then that David said, yeah, I got the bear and I got the lion, but now I'm shifting. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of Jesus. And he took out one stone, hit him between the eyes. The giant falls. He cuts off 
the giant's head and lifts it up. I want to tell you that David had that picture in his mind before he ever went out to battle. I want to know, do I have any giant killers in the house today that can picture a victory before you ever step foot on the battlefield? give you this point. If you do not imagine a future, your mind will automatically retrieve the past. Your mind is programmed that if you do not imagine something better tomorrow, it will automatically revert to the past. Church, I want to imagine a future that's better than anything we've experienced in the past. I'm believing it not just for my personal life, not, not just for, for my family. I am believing it for your family. I'm believing it for our church. Listen, I'm believing it. And you may say, he's crazy. Look at the world. I'm believing it for our region. And yes, I'm believing it for the United States of America. That, that I believe God still has some people that's crazy enough to take on some giants, to speak the word of God when it don't make sense, to say, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, give him a shout of praise right there. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Somebody's coming out of bad thinking, limited thinking. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Satan can stop our future. Nowhere. But what he does is he breaks our focus. He breaks our focus. He can't stop our future, so he breaks our focus. Today, I believe that we need to give our mind permission to dream again, imagine again, because what's happening in our mind will play out in our life. You believe the word of God today? You believe the word of God today? We're going to sing about the goodness of God in just a second. But I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. And I want to speak to people that are in this room or watching online who are not in a relationship with Jesus. If you're not in a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Not going to make it hard. Very, very simple. If you're in-house and you need to make him your Lord and Savior, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are? Say, that's me, Pastor. I need Jesus to save me. Thank you for this hand. God bless you. Anyone else, you'd say, that's me. I need Jesus to forgive me. I need him to save me. Anyone else, before we pray, every voice lifted, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, to save me, to forgive me, to renew my mind. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there. We're going to sing this song, but before we do, I want you to get your mind on Jesus in this moment. How many of God can heal you right now? God can deliver you right now. God, God wants to touch your mind that you leave this place thinking different than you did in the past. If you can change your mind, church, you can change your mood, your attitude, your feelings. All of that can be changed by having your mind renewed by the word of God. God bless you. I love you guys. Thanks for joining us today. 
If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can go to www.bethesdachurch.tv/give. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.